Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Trolls of the Two Turn Bridges podcast, or TO Triple TB. My name is Greg Dykes, and I will be your dungeon master for this evening. Last time, we left the group after a, a touching heart to heart, a sharing of backstories that has hopefully brought the players, and indeed the characters, closer together, make them bond a bit more over what's brought them to this point to Chult. If you'd like to learn more about what the party have been up to up until this point, uh, you can find a summary that has been released recently of uh, all the adventures that have so far taken place in the podcast. And if indeed you want to learn anything about our podcast, you can find us all over the social medias at TOTTB Podcast. That's TOTTB Podcast. But now I invite you to join us as the party sits down to work out what their next move in Portney and Zaro is going to be. Join us for adventure. log of Percival Silverlight. Having defeated the undead horde in Melar's throat, we have relaxed and recuperated somewhat at Wakanga's villa, making full use of the merchant prince's hospitality. As we settled in for the night, talk turned to what brought us all to Chult. Why did we choose to indulge in a potentially foolhardy mission? Zibby told me that he fell in with a water-deep gang known as the Crazy Roosters, where his temper got the better of him, and uh, he found himself on a redemptive path towards Thor, spending the last few years serving at the temple. The abbot sent him to assist in finding the death curse and to stop it. Rana's tribe is suffering from an unknown famine and the elder of his village is deathly weak. He believes that the death curse is to blame and must locate it. Siloquy's tale is one of loss and revenge it would seem. She was once employed as a bodyguard for a renowned cleric of Tyr, Robert Phoenix. Phoenix was murdered by unknown assailants as Siloquy lost herself in a night of excess. She now hunts for the culprits. She has not said exactly how the curse may relate to her vendetta, but I'm sure we shall see. And, of course, I explained how I was adopted by the famous adventurer, Frederick Silverlight. And it was my destiny to continue his legacy. For we must succeed in finding this death curse. For glory. For Faerun. For adventure. Morning breaks over Portney and Zaro. It's a wet morning. The rain from yesterday has persisted through to the new dawn. But despite the ever so slight change in light, our group is awakened by a deep horn blow, which apparently, uh, which you find out once you've actually got up and uh, go to meet Wakanga, was the signal that there was an all clear. With the coming of the dawn, grey as it might have been, the throat will have been checked and confirmed to be clear of the undead who've retreated back into the jungle. When you sort of come down and have greeted Wakanga and he's told you this, he would also tell you that at this moment the city guard will have gone down into the throat and will have started moving the bodies uh, to the waste disposal pit that is located in the old city where they get rid of all of their 
their garbage and undead bodies should they have to deal with that. As long as they don't call it Soylent Green, they're fine. <laughs> no, no, I don't think it's called Soylent Green. I don't actually know if it has a name. I think it's literally just The Pit. Um, oh, God. It's probably even worse. As long as they don't get their fertiliser. Yes. Yeah, the vegetables and things there as well. <laughs> as the day dawns, Zibby has just had a flick through his book on the... Uh, what did I say it was? It was on the uh, Tales of Cholt uh, book of legends. Tales that, of Cholt, yes. Yeah, that book of legends that helped to sort of embellish on tales that are told both in Port Nianzaro and the villages uh, and sort of tribes that surround the jungle. The story in question that he has just read, which, uh, Zibi, I sort of assume you share it with the others? I, I just read something very interesting in this book here. It's one of the ones I picked up that wasn't written by Percy. Um, one of the few. <laughs> I, it's called The Tragedy of Mbara. Yes. Uh, you remember we saw it on the map there somewhere, somewhere around there-ish. Um, now, apparently, Umbala was once a really thriving village with fantastic views from this plateau. And they did something that Uptel took offense to. I don't know. Maybe they farted on a Sunday or something. I don't know. Uh, but he, he took terrible offense to them, disrespect. Uh, so he turned them all into butterflies. Obviously, when he did that, they couldn't talk to each other. So they all left and flew away into the jungle. This is why Umbala is now a ghost town. Terrible thing, really. Not like Thor. He just come down and whooped somebody. I mean, wh- why butterflies? Well, was there any relevance to why it would have been butterflies? I mean, they're, they're quite pretty. I mean, you know, it's not like he uh, turned them into like toads or something. But, but um, it's uh, quite a... Well, it's not very nice, but it's also a very particular type of thing to turn them into. Yeah, why not moths? Nobody likes moths. Or badgers. Maybe it was daytime. I don't know. I'm not uptown. <laughs> okay, do you guys want to make an insight check into this, or are you just... Yeah, yeah, you can, uh, you yeah can so I would like to make an insight check into it as I um, am reading the book. Um, uh, of course, so, yeah. So, uh, insight is... Oh, that's actually plus three. It's not too bad. Did I get to do one as well? Before? Yeah, I mean, uh, you guys, you guys, were, yeah. you guys were all asking why it was, so you can all yeah roll yeah. an insight and see which, what you all get. Uh, I've got sixteen. Twelve, sixteen from Siliqui. Uh Was anybody else making an insight roll just there? Yeah, or our insight roll? Uh, <laughs> not good. First of all, when Rana rolled beautifully, I rolled a three. <laughs> we, we, I have no contact with books, so I just think this is a story. Um, or a dream that Tibby had. I have no concept of anybody else but me. That's That makes sense, Percival. <laughs> Zibby and Siliqui, the two of you um, are basically able to put together that there is no particular significance, you think. <laughs> this is one of these stories, what you have to bear in mind is you have essentially like... Um, uh, what's that? Who was the one that wrote all the fables? Aesop's? Aesop. Aesop. Aesop, yeah. It's kind of like that. It's sort of, it's been passed down as tales, like sort of word of mouth, and somebody's bothered to write them down and is possibly embellished on them. The actual accuracy of them being turned into butterflies might be in question. It could be allegorical. Yeah, it could be. It could be that perhaps the actual, like, original tale, they were turned into something worse, maybe, but it just seems like this was just sort of like a embellishment. Do you think it's a bit like Grimm's fairy tales where you've got Cinderella, it's the first slipper, yeah. it's not actually a glass slipper, things like that, where it's like, <gasps> that's not appropriate for children. Yeah, it's So you're telling, telling me my, my Legends of Cholt has been Disneyfied? Yeah, basically, is what I'm telling you, is that, yeah, you're working out the... Yeah. The, thing is, the thing is, it will have, like, nuggets of truth, and essentially what you can take from this is that Mbala is a ghost town, and this is, like, an explanation for why it's a ghost town. Whether or not that's an accurate representation of why it's a ghost town, you you have to kind of weigh up against the, the Disney factor there, basically. Uh, which, you know, side note, Disney, please don't sue us, we're just making a lovely, a lovely little thing. And I'm pretty sure nothing Disney's done has got anything to do with butterflies. <laughs> so you guys are coming out of your bedroom. Last time we had a fairly heavy roleplay session with you guys talking about your backstories. And this morning, a number of options 
awaits your attention. The most notable one, um, I think, that this morning anyway, the one that uh, Wakanga draws your attention to, um, is lunch at the Colosseum. I was going to be making everybody lunch today with my special type of food. Ah, you can certainly bring your special type of food to the Colosseum, my dear. Oh, can, we, can I do a picnic? Uh, I mean, if right? you want to do a picnic, you can, but the Colosseum has refreshments at it. I do make a very good uh, picnic. I bet they don't have the kind of refreshments we have. Can you call a mayonnaise a refreshment? Uh, um... it, it depends on the serving temperature. Well, I, I would quite like to um, to have the refreshments at the Colosseum, but I, I would like to pack some sandwiches, if that's okay. Uh, some ice-cubed mayonnaise. Okay. Yep. Siliqui, if you would like to, if you would like to pack some sandwiches, Siliqui, you can by all means pack some sandwiches. Why thank you. Anyway, um, so Wakanga. Um, I do like to help sometimes. I do like to give back. The main point that Wakanga tries to get across is that meeting Jobel today, his reminder to you is to make sure that when you meet him, you ensure that you don't give away the existence of your map. The map of Cholt, Wakanga tells you, took some significant gathering on both his and Sindra's part yeah. and is one of the most complete maps of Cholt. Jobel is a fanatic for information about Cholt and that map is something that he would, and Wakanga seems quite deadly serious about this, would kill for. So it is probably best to make sure it isn't mentioned at lunch today. Percival? Yes? You, you heard that right, didn't you? So um, oh, I so be careful it. and... and and don't say too much. And, and yes, just just be careful what you say. Mm-hmm. I'll be very careful. Don't worry. Uh, beyond that appointment at midday, there are a couple of other options that I think you guys will have in the forefront of your mind, or at least your characters will. I will just quickly remind you, just in case uh, you, the players, have forgotten them. <laughs> Never. You, so uh, probably, probably the most prominent, uh, you can seek out Jessamine, as you mm-hmm. did save her life last night. You can obviously uh, go down to the Grand Souk for any supplies or anything like that. Uh, you kind of wanted to find at least Musharib, possibly the other guides to the jungle, but that's kind of tied up in Jobal, uh, meeting Jobal at the Colosseum. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I also wanted to go and have a chat with Grandfather Zatembe on my own as well. I was just about to point that one out. Uh, yes, visiting the Temple of Severas to chat with Grandfather Zatembe is mm-hmm. on there. Uh, certainly, as you said there, Siliqui, you would like to talk to him. Did you say you wanted to talk to him alone? Possibly. Okay. All right. Um, that could certainly be arranged if you wanted that. We also heard about the pirates. So oh, yes, there might be some... There might be... Some, we can tie in uh, perhaps doing some poking around about the pirates. We might want to um, ask um, around the yeah. docks if we're heading over that way, for example. Um, we could maybe tie that in, perhaps, with Father Zatembe's scrying abilities, something along those lines. Mm, that's mm. a good point. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. Or we could just row out and I could chat to the dragon turtle, and it'll be fine. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm still convinced that uh, Rana thinks the dragon turtle is just a turtle-sized dragon. Tiny, tiny little terrapin. It, it's, yeah. it's, 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 just, it's, it's a massive, delicious sort of soup that comes prepared in its own bowl um, just swimming it's around very spicy yes kind of like a mock turtle um, anyway well, I, I think what we could I mean what what's the time now sort of 8, 9 o'clock in the morning something yeah, like so that yeah so this is morning um, yeah as I say you've literally yeah. you're, you're down you're kind of unless there's anything else you guys want to do at Wakanga's you're sort of discussing over breakfast just before you leave you've got a few hours until you're expected at the Colosseum which if uh, any of you have forgotten is this building here mm-hmm. when we first came back as well we haven't done much of it yet but when we first was on our way back we wanted to do some research as well and Wakanga did say we could use his library um, I can't remember what we were going to research now but there was <laughs> there was research <laughs> that we helpful. were going to do um, yeah. we, were, we also who was the, who was the guy we were going we to see um, about getting a forge camp right that, that was that was uh, that Musharib. was uh, that was the that was one of the guides via via jobel yeah, yeah via jobel yeah, mm-hmm. oh, that's right yeah because they wanted a forge to yeah that was um what's his face the forge, firebeard wanted to firebeard. Do. Firebeard. yeah firebeard firebeard we got, we got along quite well with firebeard didn't we? and he, he thought a forge would dramatically improve yeah. the camp's ability to do its job mm. yeah mm-hmm. um i was i was thinking if we 
were to go and speak to Jessamine first before yes. we go and speak to Jobel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She might be able to give some tips on how to deal with him as well if we, if she's in a, the right frame of mind. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I I expect that we'll be wanting to see if we can get any. I, I uh, think if we give her some what? of our sandwiches as well, I make very very good sandwiches. Well, yes, but I I think we need work, don't we? We need money, so I, I reckon Jasmine might be somebody well, who could help. Percy, we might not need to work ever again if we play this the right way. We have just saved her life, you know. So you're saying, kind of. Get a little, you know, backhander. Call it what you like. <laughs> well, we can't assume. I mean, I mean, we need to speak to her and see if she offers first. If she doesn't, then um, if she needs any work doing or something, maybe we can ask for more money than we would normally um, because of, you know, saving her life ah, and everything. Ex- extortion. Okay, gotcha. No, no, no extortion. I'm I took a south turn very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> The other question I've got um, is, uh, Siliqui, were you looking at having ranged weapons? Have you got any ranged weapons? Um, I've got ninja stars that I can go. Throw. Were um, you looking at? Were you looking at uh, having a crossbow or something? Can you use a crossbow? I think I've got a light crossbow, but I'm not proficient in it. Okay, well, if you have got okay. a light crossbow, then fine. It's tricky because anything except a hand crossbow, I don't think. Siliqui can properly use like a monk weapon or something. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can't be you, and then oh, and then I don't get my bonus attack. So we are up here somewhere. Oh, and uh, don't forget my um, oh, sun soul thing. Uh, my uh, what they're called, radiant sun bolt. They're kind yeah. of ranged. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So we're up here. I'm guessing Jessamine is what over like here or neighbours or something. I am sort of assuming you're asking Wakanga? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yep. Okay. Wakanga <laughs> is able to tell you that Jessamine's house is right. Yes. Next door. Well, it, kind of. Um, it's actually across the temple from you. It's right there. Hooray! Here. <laughs> That's the Minimal one. walking. Love it. I feel like they're in a little gated community of poshness. <laughs> awesome. Well, in that case, right. after we've been to see Jessamine, I will try and sell my crossbow somewhere. It's fine. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to use it, because I've got ranged spells and a hammer. So I'm oh. probably not going to use my crossbow. And it's just taking up yes, space. You've, you've yet to unsling that. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. I don't think I've used it yet. Yep, pretty much. So, uh, okay. So at some point, if uh, actually, can we can we just retcon that I've sold it somewhere? Um, yeah, you've been to the um, market often enough that, yeah, you can... I've been to the market several times. I did it yesterday before we fought the zombies. Before we fought the birds. Ah, yeah, because yeah. I don't think you actually used it at all during that, did you? No. No, no, no yep. not at all. Yeah, sure, we can We can just say that uh, that you sell that. Uh, for cost or for a little bit less or what? Could you not somehow combine your crossbow and your sacred, is it sacred weapon, whatever it is, you know, with your floating hammer? Um, could you not combine the two so you can direct the hammer faster to get anywhere you need? <laughs> <laughs> well, just fire the hammer out of the crossbow. Um, I'm not sure it's going to work. I don't think it's quite <laughs> worked like that. No. <laughs> um, Zibby, you can. Uh, ha, ha. So, if you want, you can do a bit of bartering, in which I would like a persuasion roll. Okay, which is a persuasion. persuasion. Those, one of those and nine <laughs> yeah that's unfortunately not going to do it that is actually so no i didn't think so hang on so how much does a crossbow actually cost in the D? yeah it's something like 25 gold or something like that isn't it something wrong mm. with yeah uh, is it um a light crossbow or a normal crossbow or hand yeah light crossbow yeah. yeah you're going to be able to sell it for 20 gold i'm afraid no let's say 22 22 uh the uh, the crossbow bolt case uh, is one gold, and then it's a like stupid amount, a small amount for the crossbow bolt. So I was going to say, just bind that up, and just twenty twenty two is what they'll pay for the whole lot. Twenty two in total. Yep. All right. Okay. No worries. Okay, thank you. Um, so Siliquid going to say as well to Wakanga. Um, uh, Wakanga, uh, I, I just wondered. You know, um, we got told there was uh, dinosaur racing things um, that happen, mm-hmm. and. They say it's about once a month or so. Um, do you know when the next 
I don't know where my accent's going now. It's going all over the place. I don't know, I don't know uh, where your accent's going either, to be honest. But to be honest, I'm that's sorry, just part of the course. I, 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 uh, I've got something <laughs> in my throat. Yeah. Um, but do you, um, do you know when the next um, dino racing is? The next dino races will be in about, let's say... It's about four days until the next dino race. I'm afraid you uh, you actually missed the last dino race. It was about, uh, about two or three days, I think it was, before you came back. So it's probably not exactly what Wakanga says, but that's that's kind of my thinking. Sorry. Um, but yeah, he's, he tells you that there will be another dinosaur race in about four days, um, which you will be welcome, of course, to uh, participate slash watch. Mm-hmm. Although I, I will uh, expand upon that. When I say participate, I mean place bets on. Yep. But... That's not to say you couldn't take part in the race if you wanted to, but you would need to find a dinosaur somewhere. I don't know where we'd find one. Rana Smith. I mean, oh, oh, oh. sort of patting Rana on the shoulder, going, "I don't think that would be much of a problem." <laughs> uh, hang on a second. Yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna roll an insight there for. <laughs> no, it's our big secret. Yes, he can ride me. We don't okay. want Wakanga to know this. <laughs> he knows a man. All right. If Wakanga knows what you mean by uh, patting Rana and saying things should be okay, he doesn't seem to indicate it. <laughs> They're a strange bunch, Wakanga. He doesn't give anything away. Let's let's put it that way. <laughs> so Wakanga will tell you that, yes, the, uh, the dino races are taking place in about four days. If you're around for four days or if you, you know, find something that takes you out of the city... That would be unfortunate, but well, um, uh, yeah. I, I would like to um, try and see it first before we go, if possible, just because um, you have heard about it and it does sound very exciting. It's not something mm. I've seen before. Yeah, we shall see um, how how quickly we need to leave. You're in a sort of um, down days kind of time, really, you guys, because you're sort of you've got a lot of different objectives and no particular, mm. apart from obviously you know the soulmonger, the whole trying to get rid of that. No especially just pressing death thing. curse you know <laughs> yeah just the death curse um but the thing is you haven't really got a lead on that so that's kind of taking a back seat until you have more information is is the way i see it yeah we did um ask wakanga about it though i mm-hmm. believe um so that's certainly something that we need to go and uh, talk to him about do you mean um, wakanga or do you mean zatembe Wakanga's a tembe, sorry. Yeah, yeah you're I, right. I, I was wondering, um, just kind of like, Wakanga doesn't know anything. Um, no. <laughs> I told no, you, Wakanga, they did, are very strange. <laughs> I don't know why he's calling you the wrong name or expects you to no, know we stuff. Did, but... We did talk to Zatembe about it. Yeah, we did talk to um, But I was, I, no, I was just going to say that I did want to talk to Wakanga uh, just very quickly. Of course. Um, uh, Wakanga, um, if, if, do forgive me, but um, I haven't actually seen uh, Syndra anywhere. How is she? Well, Syndra. Syndra is... Uh, and uh, something of a, a, a slight shadow passes across uh, Wakanga's face as he looks at you. And he says, Syndra, I'm afraid, is just... She's too weak. I did ask her to come and join us last night for the festivities, but she's just... She's just really feeling the toll of this death curse, I'm afraid. And as a result, she is mostly staying to her room upstairs. So she she is deteriorating. Indeed she is. And it's, I'm not going to lie to you, not incredibly pleasant. You're most welcome, of course, if you if you wish to go up and see her. She would be delighted to see you, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, but as I say, she is she's quite weak, I'm afraid. Well, of course you'd be delighted to see me. Um, he raises his eyebrows. <laughs> most people are. Raises his eyebrows higher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How is that possible? Uh, where whereabouts is she actually located? Oh, she's um. And he, he pauses for a second and says, uh, "Up the stairs and the third on the right." Lovely, thank you. Um, is she um is she able to eat solid food and everything at the moment? Yes, she is not unequal to uh to a T Rex steak, so to speak. Although we do have to cut some of the pieces up. Then I will also make her one of my sandwiches. How many sandwiches have you got? Where have you got all this bread? I'm going. Well, <laughs> the thing is, I didn't say I had the ingredients apart from one. I was going to make everybody lunch. So um, I was hoping rather than um your servants and things. I was hoping that I could actually just make lunch for everybody in your kitchen. Wakanga, I'd be very careful. I've been seeing her pick up bits of wood recently. I suspect she's making wood sandwiches. I'm not sure. Percival, what the (laughs) hell are you going on about? Oh, you heard that. Sorry. 
I, of course. <laughs> if you wish to make some sandwiches, Wakanga will... He doesn't go there himself, but he uh, hands you off to one of the servants who will take you off to the kitchens. It's quite a large kitchens. Mm-hmm. It's got this sort of like central fire pit in the middle where they uh, where they cook most of the meat. But there would be an area if you wanted to make up some sandwiches or whatever the equivalent of sandwiches in Port Nianzaro is, I will tell you. This is one of the times I did not expect to be trying to work out how you would make sandwiches. <laughs> but I'm sure they have but, bread uh, in the kitchen. And I'm sure they have has a bread knife. Um, things like um, cooked meats and cheese. Percival, are you going to wait for Siliqui to uh, make her sandwiches before going up, or do you, are you going uh, up, or what are you doing just now? I did. I did actually want to uh, ask Wakanga as well. Um, uh, Wakanga, you say that she is deteriorating. Have you any idea how quickly this might be? Uh, for example, do you think that there's a particular time limit that we're on with the uh, the death curse? In my own honest opinion I think she may have a few months max it's a long time in consideration of say the last week but in all honesty it's not all that much time at all time can fly when you're not paying attention I suppose I, I really hope that we do manage to find something to help her. I mean, obviously, Chult is a, is a very big area and, and the map is, is relatively empty in regards to undiscovered and unmapped places to find out exactly what's going on with this curse. It is indeed a large and indispensable land. I I refrain again. If this soulmonger was indeed placed, it could hardly have been placed in a better place. I said place a lot there, I realised. Talking about the fish, obviously. Are you hungry, um, I could go for some. I could. The soul monger is a is a fish. <laughs> yes, a Devon soul, um, Dover soul, even. That's I thought one. that was fish mongers. Yes, Wakanga tells you that. Yeah, he thinks she has a few months left. Uh, Zippy and Rana, what are you guys doing just now? By the way, Rana has been idling. I think it's the best the best to describe. He's 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 anxious to get moving because he's. Mm. You know, we've had, well, you know, we would have had breakfast at this point. Yeah, these two are just faffing. Rana's obviously hungry again at this point mm. um, because <laughs> he, he only Second ate, breakfast. you know, sort of thirty, forty minutes ago. Um, so he's just he's just sort of <laughs> idling around, sort of scuffing his feet. You know, he hasn't got pockets, so to speak, but he's got you know his hands sort of you know in his loin tucked <laughs> under his under his armor, and he's just he's looking like you know he's looking like a kid that's waiting outside school for his mum to finish a conversation. You know, with another mummy, doesn't really care about, uh, and he's just sort of wandering around, you know, kicking little pebbles and stuff, and just looking a bit sort of, you know, mar- mildly put out that there isn't um, anything to eat. I love this mental image of Wakanga and Percival almost being like your two adoptive mums nattering outside the <laughs> school gates. It's a wonderful mental image. And all Rana wants is an ice cream. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Would you like to come in the kitchen with me and help me make the sandwiches? I'll show you what, what, what I do. But the main thing that Rana heard out of that entire sentence was kitchen and without any he, he sort of immediately sort of that hears his name. he perks up he perks up quite a lot um, and immediately um, sort of uh, follows Siliqui towards Veneera's kitchen sniffing the whole time I mean I'm amazed that Rana knows what a kitchen is Zibby um, what are you up to just now <laughs> Uh, Zippy appears to be where well, he's been sca- he was scavenging around for uh, a cigar which, uh, mm-hmm. presumably he managed to find one somewhere Presumably. Um, we don't uh, know where it came from, uh, but it's Percival, there. Percival will have some. <laughs> he's he's, he's tapped, he tapped Percival on the shoulders. All right, uh, you got a cigar. What's that? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I got five. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, f- I forgot to get some last time I went to the, the souk. I'll get some and I'll give you one back later. Um, so he wanders off and appears to be having a, uh, a, a small discussion with an invisible person in the sky. So just looking upwards, you hear the occasional word of, oh, come on, you, you never did. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. It's sort of like occasionally uh, sort of raised voice of like, no, I didn't. But <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to take that tone of voice, it's, it's just not talking to you sometimes, big man. <laughs> as this is all happening uh so siliqui you are making your sandwich i assume you're taking it upstairs to syndra 
Um, so now before I do that, I've went in the kitchen with Rana. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, uh, Rana, because this is a nice house, we do need to go and wash our hands before we um, make food. But I did want to get you on your own. Um, you know the thing that you asked me to make for you? Rana's found some sort of meaty morsel uh, unspecified on the side. Um, he, he looks up a bit guiltily with his mouth half full. Um... <laughs> And nods, I mean, hastily, like with a hand, like pushes the rest of the meat into his mouth and sort of swallows, like an ostrich eating an apple. Hmm? Yeah, we see the bulge go down the throat, like an old Tom and Jerry cartoon. Um, and he sort of nods and says, mm, Yes, uh, sign to stop people. The many frown slightly, attacking me. Um, yes, I've, I've made something for you. I, um, I hope it's okay. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure how you want me to do the vines, um, because obviously it depends on what shape you take um, to how big your neck is. But I have painted a message and everything for you. Uh, would you like to see what I've done? Ron is very curious at this. He has experience of artwork. Mm-hmm. Just patterns him, you know, the bones of various animals strewn around the clearing. Um, and he doesn't, they don't really have painting, or, or they don't use many pigments. Uh, they just use all natural materials in the tribe. He's quite interested to see this. And Rana nods and says, yes, I, I would like to see. Okay, it's quite simple so far, um, because obviously this is something different and we don't know what's going to work yet. So um, she basically goes into a bag thing and takes out this piece of wood uh, that she's painted. I'm just going to send you guys the image. I'm getting John to send it because it's on his iPad. Uh, Okay, so you have got what looks to be a natural wood plaque Mm -hmm. with a bit of whitewash. Um, And on top of this, in looks like fairly stylized writing. uh, Hello, I am Rana, a lovely druid and not, in big red letters, a monster. Don't and forget around the little, this, the little light. The druid. Don't forget the little, the I, little yeah, purple yeah, hat. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> so the so there's a little there's a couple of doodles. Uh, next to Rana, there's a little like sheaf of wheat, kind of or uh, I don't know, is that a stalk of wheat? Stalk of wheat. It's a even. Tropical jungle flower. That's the one. Tropical jungle flower. The eye in druid is dotted with a little purple heart. Um, <laughs> there are. It seems like each of the O's have each got a little iris dot in the middle of them to make them look more like an eye. Um, and there appears to be a bird of paradise um, plant next to the monster. Although, to be honest, from this angle, it kind of looked like Spyro's tail. Um, <laughs> it, it does. does. It does. Yeah. It's right colours. <laughs> been playing Spyro, the reignited trilogy recently, and it's just that's just immediately what came <laughs> to my mind. <laughs> oh. And you, you present this to Rama. Mm-hmm. Nice, Rana. How do you how do you react to this uh, this gift? Rana is impressed because, like all um, sane human beings, uh, Rana greatly enjoys uh, shiny things um, and color. Um, obviously, Rana does wear various sort of, oh. yeah, colors and things in his hair. Uh, colors? I don't mean colors. I mean feathers. That's what I mean. Feathers, the thing <laughs> that birds have, and dinosaurs, mm. obviously, because they're the same thing. Um, of course. So Rana, <laughs> Rana is, is genuinely he's quite impressed with this. No one's no one's ever made anything for him before, um, except for those 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 handcuffs after that unfortunate thieving incident back in the tribe when he was a bit younger, um, uh, where he he wasn't allowed near the food store. They, they actually had to make him handcuffs because they hadn't had an issue like that previously. Don't get any trouble on the island. Yeah. <laughs> I think in general, I think in general, like most, most people don't tend to steal because it's a small tribe and everyone knows everyone. So the the, the idea of stealing is a bit stupid um, because, like the island yeah, man, basically, yeah, that small, yeah, yeah, just with just with with fewer fingers. Um, and sorry for our listeners on the island man, it, it's a lovely desolate wasteland with a very strange folklore. Um, uh, good lord, um, they do lovely, lovely que- uh, queenies as well. Scholar. You can drive as fast as you like. Indeed. You can indeed. And it's a tax haven. Back to Rana. Back to Rana. Um, Rana, so R- Rana's, Rana's quite taken back. So the Queen also reads out what it says because she's aware that... Rana's not great at reading. You know. Rana does recognise his name yeah. uh, and he recognises um, mm-hmm. uh, what Druid is. Um, and overall, Rana's very impressed 
He, he taps the purple specifically and says, Rana, Rana likes purple. He says, his color of, and he, he says a word um, in, in Cholton that, that Siliqui um, wouldn't understand. Um, and then he sort of hesitates and he says, um, he thinks about it and he says, is a, uh, rose from ground, he says, is not a flower, good when fried in butter. Uh, and he thinks the word is mushroom. Ah. <laughs> mushroom. He says, he says it's, it's the colour of Rana's favourite mushroom. And uh, because it's food related, Rana's instantly a fan of this straight away. And he says, um, he points at the, at the, um, at the tropical flower that's pointing out the top and says, sweet potato, also very good. Um, <laughs> having no understanding when it's supposed to be a flower and just thinks it's mostly food related. Um, and Ron, Ron, this make, is brilliant. As, as long as it makes him as happy. Far, <laughs> as, as far as, as far as Rana's concerned. Um, Rana, uh, Rana takes it. Um, and he sort of looks at it and he, he puts some, he, he gets a, he gets a length of, um, and it's a sort of a um, vine or sort of um, sinew cord out, and he, he threaded it through um, the holes on each side, and he he sort of, he he puts it over his head, and he sort of looks at it, but it, it kind of it, it's quite big, obviously, when when he's human size. So he looks um, like Flavor Flav and, of the jungle world, yeah. Yeah, he looks he looks like he's advertising. <laughs> he looks like he's advertising like low price haircuts on a street corner somewhere. Um, <laughs> Or like a golf sale. The end is golf nigh. Sale. Um, <laughs> He's suddenly yeah. a sandwich board man. The Rana. So instead, instead, of what Rana does is Rana. Um, instead, he kind of tilts it sort of sideways slightly, and then tucks it under his um, tucks it sort of under his vest. So it's kind of like under his vest, sort of length, sort of a long mm. ways down his chest. Um, and Rana sort of pats it, and it makes a sort of. Uh, a hollow sort of thudding noise uh, and Rana sort of nods approvingly and says useful when I change if lucky he taps it again he says well, I might even catch an arrow um, and Rana looks very pleased he, he doesn't he's not great at saying thank you because he doesn't he doesn't usually have to say thank you he just normally takes things and then hopes that no one notices um, so he sort <laughs> of uh, he reaches out a, a bit sort of awkwardly and sort of pats Siliqui on the head like you were a small child because um, he's seen people do that Aww. and he feels that like that's appropriate and he sort of he sort of pats her on the head a bit awkwardly and he says um thank you is is good people not often make things for me uh, and then with a show of enormous reluctance um he then hands Siliqui um a piece of the fruit he was eating um so Siliqui has no idea how he's holding the fruit because he was just holding the board. It's like a magic trick. Very, very reluctantly, he breaks the piece of fruit in half and offers Siliqui a piece, um, which is like that's 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 like pulling teeth uh, for Rana offering food because it's within his hand and now it's not going to be in his hand anymore, and that's a terrible, terrible thing. Um, but even so, he sort of be he very grudgingly sort of he, he breaks a piece and offers it to her. Oh, Rana, that's lovely. That's really kind of you, Rana. I'm re- I'm glad you like it. I am, um, you know, we can we can add things to it later on. Um, are you sure you don't mind me having this? So I can split it with you if you want some some of it back. I don't want to take all your food off you. Rana, obviously not not being Percy, but sort of slightly sort of taking Percy off, says no, no, it's it's fine, it's fine. And then from his pocket pulls <laughs> pulls um, some dinosaur bacon, and then. Sort of um, carries on wandering around the kitchen and just starts eating the bacon again. <laughs> Guys, just keep pulling food out of nowhere. Yeah. I'm just wondering where the hell is all this food. I think I, I think I think Rana <laughs> is he's somewhere between a squirrel and a dog. You know? <laughs> he's got pouches. Yeah. He he eats more than he should because in his head it might be his last meal, which is how all dogs approach all food. Mm. But he's also like a squirrel in that yeah. when he yeah. leaves food, he he hoards it because he just still doesn't know when he's going to get to eat another meal. So he's like a squirrel dog. That's a man <laughs> that can also be a squirrel or a dog when he chooses. It's funny you mention squirrel dogs. If you get far enough into the jungle... Um, <laughs> yeah. Terrifying concepts. Dogs that run up trees! Um, 
which case, so on, on okay. the basis, um, Siliqui is now going to um, sort of show show Rana the ropes in the kitchen. Uh, Rana will stand there and will patiently observe uh, the lesson whilst munching on various offcuts of fruit and veg and whatever else um, he can get his grubby mitts on. Talking of patient observers, the uh, kitchen staff that have just been bemusedly watching this while you guys have had this interaction um, are just sort of working <laughs> working around you guys and will yeah, give you a little space to uh, to bake up your sandwiches at one uh, so side. So the Queen's Summer says, oh, would any of you like one? I'm quite happy to make you one as well. I, I don't, <laughs> I see people as equals. I don't see me as more important than you. Would you like no, no. one? No, no, it's quite alright. Are you talking about sandwiches or the sign? Oh, the sandwiches. <laughs> That's the sandwiches. Yes. Right, that makes more sense. Um, no, no, they're, they're, they're all we good. We don't need Maybe. signs to make it look like we're human. Help one, help two, yeah. yeah. Dehumanising, oh, if anything. I cannot, I cannot put into words the sheer joy I have at watching, or rather listening to you guys react to just just, just the wonderful like silliness that happens in this podcast. <laughs> Can you imagine like the invisible helper person that's like the importance of them is they're invisible and then suddenly they're having to wear like a flavour flave type sandwich board. Mm. <laughs> says, I am help. human. Yeah. <laughs> bringing us bringing us back to uh what I actually had planned for this evening <laughs> session. Okay. Uh you take your sandwiches and I assume Siliqui that you were going to be heading upstairs to see Syndra. Is that correct? Yes, she's made half sandwiches a vegetarian version with some kind of cheese salad mayo type uh, chalt equivalent and using their special mm-hmm. Silverlight Enterprises mayonnaise. <laughs> I'm glad we stuck with that name. And she's made some that are kind of chalt equivalent of um, ham salad mayonnaise sandwich type thing for her because she doesn't know if Syndra's vegetarian or if she, you know, is she... So okay, she's got so half and half. In a- in effect, what you're saying here is you've is you've used the alchemy jar and you've used it to produce the mayonnaise. Is that what I'm hearing here? Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. Just wait, making a note. Yep. Today um, we are we, right. are we are yeah, it's, doing a mayonnaise day. <laughs> you are you are mayonnaise. Yep. It's a mayonnaise day. Yep. Bear in mind, you're going to have to retcon very very slightly because you're going to need Siliqui to run back to our our lodgings, pick up the you jar. You don't know what I did in the morning. You don't know like. By the time you guys well, you were eating done, the stuff, but... you know, so the queen's like nimble. But you didn't have it. That is a very good point, you... actually. We didn't. You didn't have it on you at Wakanga's. You left it at the giggling squid, from what I remember. This is true. Yeah. She was going to go and get it, but then we were all retcon that she did go. Well, shall we? Shall we say that you ran back? She did go back there. She did. She quickly checked on um, Polly. And then she came back. Yeah, in in fairness, you would have woken up before everybody else with your whole, you know, half elf, four hours sleep yeah. kind of thing. So oh, fair yeah. enough. Okay, we'll retcon that you did that. The streets as you went through would have been fairly quiet as I sort of feel like this is probably just before or just after they're yeah. all clear. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, you don't really get a chance to mm-hmm. interact with anybody. The few people you see are literally, they're just coming out of the shelter and they're more interested in getting to wherever they were going. Okay, so yeah, you went and got mm-hmm. the alchemy jar, and you, yep, yeah, you've used that for your mayonnaise. So you're going upstairs with the sandwiches. Is anybody following you? Oh, I've made her a herbal tea as well. <laughs> okay, you have made her a herbal tea. More importantly, is anybody going with you? I am at the top of the stairs already, uh, smoking a cigar, uh, and and I've for some reason, even though it's like you know nine in the morning, I've got a whiskey. Percival. Percival. <laughs> Put that cigar out. She's not very well. It's, it's, it's going to make her cough. We don't want to get even worse. So put it out until we leave again. But it costs a lot of money, these things. You don't things. throw it away. Just, right. just, just stub it. All right. And uh, he, he, rather than stubbing it out on, you know, a, a valuable piece of artwork or something like that, he, he does actually, he gets his uh, boot and just the underside of his boot like on his heel when he stubs it out there. Oh, okay. I literally, I reached for a D20 if you were going to say you were going to do it on, like, the balustrade or something. <laughs> Just so who notices you? Um, He's not a complete monster. Okay. So, Percival is going with uh, is going with Silicon. Yes. Um Zibby, are you going to go with the, with the group to see Syndra? Uh, yes, I think so. You are? Okay. Rana, are you going? Um, well, he's going to see if he can actually do anything to help. Rana has discovered... Um, He's, he's become sort of fascinated by the incredible world of food production um, <laughs> because it involves his favourite thing, food. 
Um, so Rana, R- okay. Rana's going to lurk around the kitchen, um, sort of stay out the way, and basically just vulture um, more sorts of food um, from any passing <laughs> servant who he can. Who can. Okay. <laughs> can I get a sleight of hand from you, please? You certainly can. Sir. Uh, moment. So, oh, that's not very good. Okay. So sleight of hand it is. My sleight of hand is... Wow, surprising better than I thought it was. Plus two. Marvellous. It's 17. Mm. With light-fingered ease, you are able to grab a morsel there, a piece of food there, and, yeah, for all the servants that are sort of milling about the kitchen, they're more than happy for you to stand there as long as you're not getting in the way and, more importantly, not pinching food. But you are so light-fingered that none of them seem to notice you, so you're able to get away with watching them do their job whilst also, you know, pilfering a few bits and pieces there for yourself. It's not ham-fisted when ham's involved. Exactly, no. yeah. <laughs> getting you through Cholt, on the other hand, completely different story. A low blow. So, you guys proceed up the stairs and along to the door that Syndra uh, is apparently in, according to Wakanga. When you knock on the door, there is a hoarse voice from within that you just managed to hear calls back and says, Come in! Um, Siliqui holds the doorknob, slowly turns and ever so slightly crack. Hello, Syndra. It's Siliqui and, and Percival. We, we thought we'd pop up with some um, lunch for you. It's, it's okay. I don't want to disturb you. As you come in, what you see is a very darkened room. It seems to be the same sort of room as you guys have stayed in, but it's a little more lush. There are more rugs on the ground, there's drapes across the place. There are also heavy curtains across each window, which from the sounds of things is shut against the cold. The hoarse voice that replies comes from one corner of the room where a bed has been set up with this sort of kind of four-postering. There's this sort of veil around it, and you can see this sort of shape inside that moves and the hoarse voice says, Oh, you're very kind, my dear. There's a table just to one side on the wall. If you put it there, I shall eat when uh, when I have the strength to stand. Oh, bless you. I, I can bring a tray if you'd rather have a tray on the bed so you don't have to stand up. It's just some sandwiches. It's, um, it's a bit of a speciality. I didn't know what you would like. <laughs> and some tea. My strength... My strength may be faltering, but not to the extent of being unequal to breakfast. I just need to... to rest a bit. Is there anything that myself or any of my friends can do to help you, to even to ease some of your pain? You can try, but I am afraid there's nothing my own magic nor Wakangas can do. The pain is alleviated some by healing magics for a time, but it only ever comes back, and I would not have you waste your energy on... One who is already, already going to be suffering. Well, that's that's completely foolish, my dear. Uh, young Zibi here would be more than happy to expend all of his spells on you, wouldn't you, Zibi? Maybe not all. Yeah, of course I would. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> please, please, no. There's no... There's really no need and no... <coughs> Excuse me. No, no need to to waste the energy. Far more helpful to me would be to find and switch off that damned machine. Can I get an impression of of how deteriorated she is since the last? Was it two weeks since we last saw her? It's about three three weeks, wasn't it? Then? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so her voice, you sort of heard there, she had a cough and the voice is even more hoarse than the last time Mm -hmm. you saw her. Um, just trying to think if I want to make you make a check of some kind. I don't think I really do because it's sort of, it's the, it's a bit self-evident. I mean, if you wanted to find out like real specifics, you could go up and take a peek behind the veil if you wanted to. You can intrinsically guess that, you know, it's gotten worse, but... 
I think without some sort of check, I can't say for definite if you would have like uh, you'd be able to like guess how long silly it's silly. How long Syndra has? What's happening to me? I didn't know anything. <laughs> It'll become clear. Percival's examining you, don't worry. Um, <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> don't worry, dear. <laughs> no, sorry, Percival, uh, what um, do you do? Do I, you want to do any of the, I would any of the above? I say, or? actually, that um, it, I don't believe it would be within Percival's nature to do that, but I, I think mm. he probably would turn around to Zibby. Um, Zibby, um... Mm. I, I know you're a, uh, a, a man of the cloth, but you're also a healer. Why don't you uh, go and go and check on uh, on Syndra here? See if see if she's uh, no doing any better from last time. And I'm just shaking my head. No, no, she's not. <laughs> Subtle as always. Yes. And um, um, so the perches down next to her as well by the bed and takes her hand while while Zippy's over oh okay right so in order to do that you are going to have to pull back the veil because like i say the veil is around the bed when you so say it's veil like do you mean like a do you mean like a bed thing. curtain thing yes i like, mean a bed uh, curtain like a, sorry oh yeah cool yeah sorry i tried i did try to say um, it was like a sort of four poster kind of setup oh, kind okay. of thing oh, um if that's okay um siliqui just sort of picks the nose and start with you know if i come in so as you step forward you catch on the air there is a faint sort of smell, a kind of mustiness on the air. That kind of thing, I, I, it's sort of, it's... It smells like something dying? It's odd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's not something rotten. Like, it's not actual, it doesn't smell like rotten flesh, but it is that smell. I, again, don't want to probe, but I, I don't know how many people have been around mm-hmm. somebody who is quite ill, but there is that kind of, there's that... There is that smell on the air that you can just you can yeah. just sort of tell that somebody is slowly passing. Yep. Um, Siliqui very slowly walks through anyway with with the tea, um, and and says, um, "Try and drink; it will soothe your throat at least." Uh, are you taking it to Syndra on the bed, yeah. or are you placing it on the table? She indicated. Uh, the family just often go on the, the table, but she's trying to go up to her with the drink with a. A caring look of concern on her face. I I put some herbs in here, which will help soothe your throat at least. Uh, try try and have a drink. It, will, it might help you cough a little. As you sort of move forward, you see Syndra tries to sit up a little more, but doesn't stop you or say no if you go to move the veil. So you're going to move the veil and sit down on the bed. Yeah, perch kind of like you know not taking over her space on the bed because I don't want to hurt her or get in the way and would be rude uh, but kind of perch next to the bed yeah even if it's squatting I'm a monk you know squatting's fine <laughs> as you pull back the veil your mm-hmm. dark vision allows you to see in grayscale but still able to see sort of the details um, of Syndra lying in the bed what you see is an old woman with long silver hair it's all frazzled from her lying in bed she looks surprisingly young in general as Syndra is supposed to be quite an old woman she is meant to be in like her 90s I think and even despite that age and despite the fact she is supposed to be human she does look you know still quite sort of quite strong willed it seems as there's not so many lines on her face the worrying thing is the amount of flesh that is scarred that is raw that appears almost as if it's been just rubbed away with almost looks like somebody has taken like a piece of sandpaper and has just scored away and you can see this this discoloration this tearing of the skin has sort of spread up her neck along the right hand side of her face and is sort of creeping it almost looks like although you can't see it moving it looks like it's sort of creeping towards her eye and you can see as well that her white linen bedclothes are, there's little spots here and there that are just darker that you think is not part of the pattern. Uh, she she's quite good at, um, you know, keeping sort of stillness of face of not, you know, pulling a face or looking shocked or anything. Um, have, have they given you any salve or anything for your skin to help soothe that at all? I know it might not work, but it, 
it might at least take some of the um, sore or stinginess away. Wakanga gives me some salve and she sort of indicates on the other side of the bed there is a small mortar and paste kind of set up there. Mm-hmm. Wakanga has it has it made for me to help with the stinging. But again, it ultimately just comes back. This is not this is not a wound that heals. I'm I'm being, well, frankly, I'm being burnt slowly. I'm so sorry. I mean, how long does it help for? A few hours at most. I last applied some about half an hour ago. Okay. I might ask my um, my colleague, Rana. Um, he's quite good with um, knowing certain jungle herbs that are quite good for different things. If you won't, but didn't mind, I um, I might ask him if he knows of any other um, sort of recipes of salves that might help. I mean, I know they aren't, they won't cure, but they might at least offer extra respite or something for you. You're very kind. I don't want you to suffer. You, you know, is um, I, I don't like to see anybody suffer. And um, you've been lovely and wonderful and kind and generous to us. And um, anything I can do to help you and to ease your suffering, I, I want to be able to help. Uh, she looks to you, and you see she reaches out with her hand, grips your hand that's holding the tea, and looks to you and just says, "Stop, the soul monger." Destroy it. It is a horror. There are many more in my position with less ability to do something about it. I and Wakanga can establish a base here. For undoubtedly, adventurers such as yourselves will pour into Cholt soon. Fear not, my dear, we will find it. I give you my word. Where's Percival? I don't know if you can see him in the dark, but it's Percival. <laughs> it is it is good to hear, Mr. Silverlight. Yes, well we are here for you. And it is good to hear you also. And he will do whatever we can. And that one's Zibby, I don't know if you can see him either, but that's Zibby. <laughs> I can see him, child. Oh lovely. Okay. No one else sounds like Zibi anyway. <laughs> I will... I will have this tea. And these... What are these sandwiches? She sort of glances the at sandwiches, them. Sandwiches, they, uh... It might, it might seem strange. There's something uh, in there you may not have tried before. Um, but it's a very tasty sauce. Yes. Some people call it Silverlight Special Sauce. And Sir Percival taps the side of his nose, turns around and walks out. <laughs> No, they don't. Only Percival calls it that. <laughs> don't worry, it's not anything disgusting. She she sort of she sort of waves her hand feebly at that and just says It is a kindness, no matter its name. <laughs> but please forgive forgive me. I must I must I must recuperate. Absolutely, Sam. You need to rest when you can. If there's anything else we can do at all, please just get Wakanga to get us. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing too big or too small. You, you, you know, you can ask. I will. I will. Okay. Thank you. I, and it's, it's, uh, Siliqui stands up and and she starts walking back past uh, Percival. Just... No, Percival walked out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Percival already walked out. Oh, I didn't know if he had anything else to say to us, so I thought she'd... No. Uh, Siliqui would get out of the way. Um, well, assuming that's you done, Siliqui, uh, Zibi, is there anything else you want to say or do just now before you leave, or you just want to head out with them? If you want us to turn this machine off, do you have any more idea whereabouts in Chultit might be hiding? If there is someone that can find that information... It's not me, though. I am sorry. No, don't worry. Don't worry yourself about it at all. It's just a thought. If it's affecting you this badly, you might have an idea of which side hurts most. 
If only that were how this was spreading. But it is not. I will not to worry. We'll do what we can for your love. I thank you. I thank you, Cleric. Thor be with you. I am always with you. Amen. <laughs> okay. With that, you close the door and head on back downstairs. <laughs>